Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Law and welcome to episode 88 of the Keith Law Show. We are back after a brief hiatus, mostly because I've been traveling, actually. That is kind of part of the job. But I am home for a little bit here. I just returned from Atlanta where I saw Drew Jones. Yes, that is Andrew Jones' son. If you would like to feel old, the following players have sons in this year's draft class. Andrew Jones, CeCe Sabathia, Carl Crawford, Matt Holliday, Paul Spoljarek, Lou Collier, and Dewan Brazelton. And that's just off the top of my head. So yes, I feel old. And I am older than every one of those players, except for one, which makes it even worse. I also saw Tamar Johnson. I will write about those guys and several other draft prospects I have seen recently in a draft blog that will go up for subscribers to The Athletic on either Thursday or Friday of this week. Since the last time I recorded two, I have had multiple posts up for subscribers to The Athletic, including a draft blog, some spring training blog posts from what I saw from the backfields, and a season predictions post that made everybody far too mad because they did not read the intro. Thank you to those of you who did read the intro, though, and at least excused yourselves before you got mad at me. Well, now it is my pleasure to be joined by two longtime friends of mine who you might know as part of the tremendous and I, I guess lamented band Puig Destroyer. Uh, you might know them from the Productive Outs podcast. They are Ian Miller, who uh, plays bass for Kowloon Walled City, who will be hitting the road shortly here. They're heading to the East Coast uh, a few hours after we record this. And Riley Breckenridge of Thrice, who will be hitting the road later this year on a short tour starting in June. Uh, to commemorate their most recent album, Horizons East, which came out in September. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Thrilled to be here, Keith. Thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm not sure if I remember how to do this. Well, I think the <laughs> last time we did this, it was the other way around, right? You guys were hosting. Absolutely, yes. yeah. Right. Yeah, so I figured I would finally return the favor. Now that I have a show of my own again, which I have for like two years now, but I figured I would return yes. the favor. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we are mostly going to talk baseball, although it goes where it goes, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty much our, our history with our conversations. But Ian, right before we started recording, you mentioned the highlight of Tuesday <laughs> well, night. I think there are a couple. For my money, for my money, um, Travis Darno getting uh, taken one in in the ribs from D Strange Gordon. I, what was that about? Like a 56, 57 mile an hour heater? It's funny. I, I said that I showed my daughter, I was saying beforehand, I showed my daughter and she goes, why is he being so dramatic? I said, that that pitch was like 55 miles an hour. I think he's okay. Yeah, so yeah, he uh, he really got his money's worth out of that one. That was that was phenomenal. Uh, why do we have uh, position players pitching already? Five games into the season with expanded rosters. Well, that's the thing. Doesn't everybody have like 17 pitchers at this point? <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it though. Uh, we had, yeah, we had multiple, we had uh, Will Myers take the mound. Um here in San Francisco last night, uh, to great effect, to, to great effect, oh, if you're a one. Giants fan, yeah. 
Uh, a couple of dudes went back to back on him, and uh, his he's uh, sporting an 18 ERA, I think, if I if I remember that correctly. Oh, right, it's right in line with Darvish's ERA. I was just gonna say he could be in their rotation at this point. So, although they're 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 calling out Mackenzie Gore, I, I am. I, I think we can actually get excited now. We are going to have a Mackenzie Gore sighting. So, Keith, let, I want before we get into anything else. What is up? Have they reconfigured? Like, is the Super Two stuff changed? Is that why we're getting all these early call ups? I'm thrilled about it, but I'm wondering what's behind the the, the logistics of all of this. I, I wish I had a good answer. Uh, somebody asked me that on Twitter. Yeah. Well, I don't know. At some point, right? Time is a flat circle. Um, <laughs> but you know, I part of me wants to say, "Hey, the new CBA is working." A, I don't know if that's true. Right. B, my inclination is to say the CBA is not working, right? right? Just whatever the question is, just assume the CBA is bad. Right. But it's pretty great the sheer number of guys we've had make their debuts. Yeah, we've had point. we've had Elliot Ramos uh, in SF now for two games, and he yes. seems legit. Like, it's super fun to have these guys yep. up you know, at or near the beginning of the season. Lodolo should be debuting at some point while we record this podcast. Yep. I think they had a rain delay, so that just gives everyone a sense of when we're recording this. We already saw Hunter Green the other day. Mm-hmm. I wonder, too, so I was out at games the last couple of days in Georgia seeing some some draft guys, and somebody brought up Adley Rutschman, who's hurt, right? So the reason he's not in the big leagues right now is he's coming back from an injury. But if they don't put him on the big league roster, they're going to look that much worse. I don't know that they care necessarily, but wait, like you're the some of the only ones who are still doing this service time manipulation. Like that's so 2021 at this point. Peer pressure. I hope so. I'm just glad that O'Neill Cruz is not with the big club because there's really nowhere to put him in that loaded Pirates lineup. <laughs> I was so curious about where you I were going really, with that, Riley. Right? You had me in the first half, not going to lie. <laughs> it's it's got to be frustrating for them. I mean, they, they just have nowhere to put them. Yeah. Just too, just too deep. Too deep for their own good. Yeah. There, is there just a tall man position somewhere? <laughs> have you guys seen him live at any Haven't, point? No. No. I got to see him. I think I've seen him twice in person, and it is just... I mean, I love it. And I've said other places too. I ranked him too low this offseason. I'm already going to take the L on that, even though he hasn't gotten to the big leagues yet. It's fine. I was wrong. But it is so weird and fascinating to see a man that size at shortstop. You're Mm. just immediately like, nope, nope, that's just wrong. (laughs) Well, those of us who are old enough remember when, I mean, A-Rod was sort of the beginning of that sea change. Yes. Of those dudes, and now you know, uh, if you have a dude under kind of six two, it, it's sort it, now that's the aberration. But yeah, I, it bothers me when I get into the the these draft conversations, and and I used to be guilty of this too. But it's like, well, he can't. Well, he has to move. Right. But we've seen so many guys. Like Corey Seager was supposed to have to move. I wrote that. You can go back and find that I wrote that. Carlos Correa was probably right. going to outgrow the position, right? And. You know, some of this is these guys working and keeping their bodies in shape or just becoming better defensively than we expected. But clearly the paradigm was just wrong, right? We're just, we were too quick to move guys off the position. And it's happening again this year. There's another bunch of guys, well, he's going to have to move. He's going to have to move. He's going to have to move. You know what? Sure. Some of them will have to move, but they're not all going to move. We should be trying to figure out which guys might stay. Is it that sort of, in my mind, that's sort of the inherent conservative mindset? It's like, Mm. we're already... I mean, because we've seen so many of these dudes 
prospects, I mean, fail, mm -hmm. we're we're inherently looking. I mean, aren't we aren't we doing that as as evaluators? We're always looking for the shortcomings, or we're looking yeah. for the 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 flaws, etc. I think so. I really think that that's. I think the easiest way to scout is to say. You know, but you know, I'm, I'm a pretend scout, right? right? But I try to do what those guys do. But like, the easiest thing to do is say they all suck. Yes, none of them can play. You'll be right the majority of the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you'll be right 95% of the time. Um, but the 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 guys who get the good gigs are the guys who can spot the five percent. If you just predict, I think all pitchers get hurt. Well, especially in this draft, um, <laughs> we've got a couple, literally a couple more in the last few days. But if you just predict they're all going to get hurt. The problem is then you never take anyone. Right. My the scouting director the first couple of years I was in Toronto, Chris Buckley, who's been with the Reds for uh, basically as, as long as I've been on the writing side or just about, and he would sit there in the draft room when we would do this, and I would be one of them. This guy can't do this. This guy doesn't walk enough. This guy doesn't throw enough strikes, etc. Just go, gentlemen, you can't pass. Which was not technically true. I mean, you could pass in the first round if you wanted to just have no players. I'm sure like Dick Monfort would think that was the best draft strategy ever. But for me, like at some point, you have to you have to like a player. Now, I tried to do that myself to get away from – I'm sure if you go back to 10, 12 more years ago, I was probably more on that, what you described, Ian, that shortcomings idea. Yeah. Now it's – what can he do? What – What's the path to success for this guy? So just to correct myself, to get myself out of that negative mindset, he can't do this. He can't do this. Somebody said to me, Termar Johnson, who's this 5'8 high school hitter in Georgia, who's people are saying it's the best hit tool on a high school kid in 20 years, maybe more. And somebody said to me, he's got a hitch in his swing. And I had to go back to the video to even see it. He, he does a little bit. All this kid ever does is hit. At some point, you know what? Tony Gwynn was fat. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Okay, but he really hit. At some point, isn't that shouldn't that just be the story, right? He really hits, yeah. and that probably means he's going to continue to do so. G Gary Sheffield's hands were noisy as hell pre-pitch, and somehow they always ended up in the right spot. You would never teach a kid to do that. However, if it's working, there's Josh Young's younger brother is in this draft, Jace Young, and I mean, you guys can see that the listeners can't see me, but he starts his hands, if this is the bat, it's like this, like pointing mm. back away it's like from like Rod him. Carew style. Kind yes. Of. Oh, my God. Yes. That's a good call. I was trying mm. to think of who ever hit like that. That Carew might be. The, yeah. Literally Go. looked like the ball was about to, or the bat was about to fall out of his hands. Yeah. Like he was so loose with his hands. It was just flopped back. And then all of a sudden, when it was time to hit, everything snapped right into where it should be. My inclination, and this is, Ian, this is your point again. My inclination is, nope, nope, you you can't do that. Right. I'm sure if you took 20 guys, 50 guys, whatever, who, who tried to hit like that, the majority of them wouldn't. But this guy's already sort of passed a bunch of the tests. He's a junior in a Power 5 conference, and he's continuing to produce at an exceptional rate. Right. At some point, we just have to say, it's working. Yeah, I guess – <sighs> The the again the conservative approach is you project that against high nineties velocity, which I'm sure he's never seen. Will it play? You can probably instruct that out. You can probably coach it out of him. You know, you can all that stuff can be massaged out. But yeah, that, that's yeah. the projection game. The thing with Cruz too is you know, going back to to um, what we were talking about a moment ago. I think he's not a shortstop. I honestly, really, truly think he's not a shortstop. Right. And I think the reason more than anything is just physical. Like, 
just the literally the at, like it's a long way to the ground yeah. for him. And trying to do that hundreds of times a year, there's going to be some kind of deficiency. But he's an 80 runner with an absolute can of an arm. You you got you have plenty of other places to put him right. too. It's not he's a liability that you're going to have to park at first base. Right. It's not, um, who was I just writing about? Cornelius Randolph it was a top 10 overall pick because everyone's well, he's going to hit. Where does he play? Batter's box. Yeah. That's funny at some point until, you know, until your favorite team takes that guy <laughs> and then you hate him. Uh, and the poor kid, I mean, he never did hit enough anyway, but he also has never had, he ended up in left field and he's not good there. Yeah. So this is not that. And I'm just, again, same thing, just trying to change the mindset to get out of that. You can't, you can't, you can't. And then suddenly you look up, you have three players on your draft board because everyone, you think everyone else stinks. Yeah. But like you said, that's the safe, the safe approach. You will most likely never be wrong and no one can own you on twitter.com. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, the, the job is to just never be the main character on baseball Twitter. If I do that, right. I, I think I'm winning. <laughs> so who else have you guys seen so far this year? It can be rookies who debuted or other things you've seen so far this year that's caught your eye. I mean, we're talking about rookies so we can keep if you want to keep going in that direction, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I've like like I mentioned, Elliot Ramos uh, a couple minutes ago. He got his first two knocks on Sunday and his big yep. league debut. That was super fun. For folks who haven't seen him, uh, he is uh, the the Giants uh, radio team is fond of saying, had he been brought up in the states, he would have been a fullback. Like he is, yes. he is built like a brick shit house and um, does not look like a stereotypical you know outfield build. Uh, but the hit tool seems real. Um, he can cover some ground, just like a, a good, a good tools package, a, mm-hmm. a really good toolsy guy with what appears to be, you know, obviously what I've seen five ABs now, what seems to be a sound approach at the plate. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Where did you, I mean, he is, I think the number on MLB, he might be the six, number six prospect in the Giants org. Where did you have him coming into the season? I, I think I had him higher than that. I know no. I had Luciano above him. Yeah. Because um, Luciano's got, he's a shortstop now. He's not going to stay there, but right. I think he's got more upside defensively and offensively. Elio is, like, I think he's he's just going to end up in a corner. Although, mm-hmm. the, if you talk to Giants people, they've said for years too, they view right field as like second center field for them. It is very funky, enough. man. And he might be perfect for that because he can throw and he does. He moves well for a big guy. Again, kind of goes back to the football thing. It's I actually always said this about Yohan Moncada. Oh, yeah. The body comp there is like Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> Those guys in the United States just get siphoned yeah, off. We, to we lose them to the to the lesser sport. Yeah, which stinks, right? For lots of reasons. We should be honestly, we should be selling our sport more effectively than that. But for whatever reason, we're, we're not doing so. Hey, you want to go get your brain scrambled playing football? I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's mean, but I, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Do you want to be able to like hug your kids and enjoy your money yeah. in retirement? Come play our sport. I think it's a pretty good selling point. Yeah. Right. You know. Then there's the, do you want to spend the first six years of your baseball career fighting <laughs> for... <laughs> Absolutely, Wait, you're breaking shit. up, Riley. Decent wage. Oh yeah, sorry. Where's the mute button? Oh, right, so I, had, I had the Manfred mute. I, <laughs> I had him third in the system, cool. slightly ahead of Joey Bart, who's off to a tremendous start this year. It's four games. We're ju- we're just going to overreact to small samples here. Let's just get that out of the way. Uh, that is very exciting because Joey Bart. Um, was heralded uh, when he was drafted. He looked good in high A, where I got to see him in person a little bit. And then by all reports, like I've talked to some folks inside the organization and I, I, you know, not to cast aspersions, but he sort of like fell off and people were like, is this guy 
even going to make it to the show. And, and that was not clear like uh, a, a year or two ago. And the fact that he's up there starting every day and looking good, call, calling what appear to be good games uh, is very, very exciting. I was, you know, with the with the retirement of Buster Posey, we had a good long run with, with Buster. Um, I was very anxious about what Bart was going to bring. And it looks like, you know, we uh, his, his demise was, uh, you know, we called that a little too soon. Yeah, I agree. Agree. Well, I heard from at the end of the year, he was kind of looked like he was mailing it in in AAA. And on the one hand, you don't want to hear that. But on the other hand, I'm sure he was like, I- I'm ready. Yeah. What am I doing here? Yeah. That's got to be frustrating for guys, especially the way AAA is, where you're often surrounded by a lot of the, you know, sort of 28 to 32 year olds who yeah. are just hoping they get the emergency call. Well, you know, it's the de facto taxi squad. You know what? Now we have an actual taxi right. squad. But, you know, that's the, that AAA is, it's not, I don't go to a lot of AAA games anymore despite having two teams i could drive to in scranton and lehigh valley because there typically aren't that many prospects there it's more the the up and down guys it's sort of become yeah it's like the the parking place for the 4a guys and it's been weird watching that develop i guess it's been like i'll say over the last 10 years you'll have a much better sense of this keith but like watching it from from going to where the guys who are going to get to the show you know, do the final spit and polish to a place where you park these guys, um, you know, your, your emergency call-ups, essentially. It's like a rental car lot. It really is. No. <laughs> it's like the Phoenix Sky Harbor rental car so, lot. Yeah, you know, the problem is now you just gave MLB a sponsorship idea. <laughs> oh, jeez. Right? Brought to you by cut. Alamo. Yes. <laughs> you know, that wasn't true when I was with the Blue Jays. Not at all. The it's idea very of recent. AAA. It's more recent. So I would say somewhere in the last 10 years, but not in the last five years. That shift was somewhere, you know, I could probably narrow it down about that much where I remember hearing this from a Yankees writer in that span where they didn't want to send some particular player to AAA because they didn't want him to get influenced for the worse by the, you know, in his telling, the grumpy veteran minor leaguers there who think they all think they should be in the big league. Yeah. True or not, I'm just sort of repeating what was said to me. But I think the other problem is that your teams have just said, no, no, it's just that it's just like you say, it's the rental car lot. We just stash guys there until somebody calls and says, I'll take that one. And instead the most of the prospects, it's you know, you do every level typically to double A, and they're more likely, and a few exceptions, more likely to get called right up from there. I think especially the hitters. I don't really have a good explanation for why, you know, why would you think if you think the caliber of pitching isn't enough of a challenge for the hitters, why why would I'm not sure why the converse would be true. It's good enough for every prospect who needs who needs something more. Obviously, some prospects get to double A and you're like, yep, he's just call him right up. But you know, I, don't know, I think Hunter Green spent time in triple A. I have to double check, make sure I'm not, I have that correct. But there were plenty of guys who did spend time at triple A and I could argue have benefited from it. Also, if your guy finished your prospect was at double A. He's clearly shown he's better than that level. You bring him up to the majors and he's not ready. Well, what do you do? Right. Doesn't make sense to send him back to double A. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Riley, anybody else who's caught your eye in the early going so far? I watched a little bit of Matt Brash mm. um, last night or yesterday afternoon here. Yeah. I think because I had heard you talk about him on the podcast. He's pretty filthy. Yeah. But I, I see what you were saying. I think you were saying something about like how his uh, delivery is kind of unsustainable or it's more suited for a reliever. And I definitely see that. The stuff is filthy. I like how he works quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I like how kind of he's got that twitchy pitcher kind of persona on the mound, which is super appealing to me just because <laughs> he's a character. Yep. I was trying to think of a comp for him and I'm totally striking out, but. I don't have a good one as a starter, actually. I've some relievers who've been like that, but starters, not to say he can't, but right. There's he's right. unusual for sure. I'm not rooting for him to, you know this, I'm saying this more for listeners. I'm not rooting for this guy to fail as a starter. I'm thinking in terms of probabilities, but if I'm mm-hmm. the Mariners and he's there, right? You you got him in this minor trade. He's right there. Absolutely. Use him as a starter, especially twice through the order. Once through the order, I think he'd be yeah. unbelievable. But if he can be a five and dive starter, get him out, you have a decent bullpen. Great. It's exactly yeah. what they need right now. And if that guy's your number five starter, I mean, you could do a lot worse than that. Yeah, I agree. Look, look at any team, really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I've been watching a lot of Angels just because I'm a masochist and <laughs> old habits die hard. Did you kill Shohei's bat? He was giving CPR yeah. to it the other day. Yeah. I don't know what's happening there. I mean, once he starts hitting and Trout starts hitting, the lineup will obviously improve, but it's the same story, a uh, different year. They didn't address the starting pitching pitching problems. Um, Madden loves to just overwork his bullpen. I mean, they're five games into the season, I think, and he's already just burning guys out. Um, even though he's getting good production from the starters. Yep. Five different relievers have appeared in three games already. It's crazy. Yeah. Like after the fifth inning, I just I can't <laughs> I can't keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, team speed is improved, which is is nice. Like Tyler Wade's actually a nice little scrappy addition, mm-hmm. um, causing some problems on the base path. I like Tyler Wade. I was I ne- couldn't ever believe he was going to start for the Yankees, but mm-hmm. I think he's a big leaguer in some role. The Angels really haven't had a dude like that in a, in a while. I mm-hmm. feel like the kind of slap and dash uh, take some extra bases, guys. So. Um, if we're overreacting to small samples, should we just mm-hmm. vote for Brandon Marsh for the MVP at this point? Or should we wait <laughs> another couple of days? I definitely think he's got more upside than Adele does. Uh, he's, he's, Adele's having a, a rough go, both Again. in the field and at the plate. How he's become like this in the field? I saw him in the minors. The only issue I yeah. ever had with him as a prospect defensively was throwing. He had issues throwing in high school. And he, was had a- he but like he can't. Right, he looks bad at the it's like Jorge yeah. Soler out there defensively. Yeah, tr- trouble with the glove, and he's yeah, had a couple right. <laughs> very very questionable throws. Do not give Hollywood any ideas 
I do not need to see Clint Eastwood. <laughs> the sequel, the spiritual sequel. <laughs> Trouble with the yeah. Um, yeah, nine punch outs so far in 15 PA for Adele, which is just more of the same. I will say Marsh was one of, when I did my breakouts column, I probably had about 20 guys I went through. And they're pretty much all, these are players whose ability I believed in previously and who've played in the big leagues just haven't lived up to it. Marsh was on the long list and was, I can't make a good rational argument why. I still like him. Mm-hmm. What What is there to say he would take a step forward? Now, the fact that just the mere fact that he's getting on base at a higher clip and you know, hopefully going to pull the strikeout rate down. If he does nothing more than that, he's going to have a better year and it'll probably look like a breakout season, which would be huge for them because right now you're probably thinking you're not getting any production from the outfield corners. Yeah, it'll help when they get Taylor Ward back too. Um, he had a good spring and it kind of sounded like they wanted him to be the the everyday left fielder. Mm-hmm. So that should be helpful. But again, it's just, it's going to come down to pitching. Like it does every year and they don't have it. (laughs) They never have it. I mean, the moves that they made in isolation were all, to me, were all fine. Right. Mm -hmm. Take picking up Lorenzen. Right. Penn is definitely better. And I think getting some additional, like they have six starters right now. Now it doesn't mean they're all Mm -hmm. six championship caliber starters, but they have six. So they can Mm -hmm. mix and match some guys. And hopefully that takes pressure off the bullpen at some point. Um, you know, I think Detmers is better than what he showed last year, but unfortunately he wasn't that great in his first start either. Lorenzen mm-hmm. is fascinating to me. I always figured that guy would have to be a reliever, but he had an unbelievable arm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think even when he was originally supposed to be a position player, it was, he couldn't hit. He was like maybe a 70 defender with an 80 arm. He just couldn't hit. Uh, right. You know, he had a great start the other day. If he turns out to even be a league average starter for them, that's a huge win. But Definitely. You know what? Who's above him, right? You need if you're going to be a contender in that division, you probably need two premium starters capable of handling whatever passes for a high end workload at this point. I'm not sure they have anybody like that because Shohei's just right. He's good, but he's not handling those workloads. Yep. Yeah, they flashed a graphic uh, during it might have been the first game of the season, but it was like um, the number of innings thrown by Angel starters last year. Mm-hmm. And it was somewhere in the vicinity of 360 for all six of them. That is wild. Which that's, it's not great. <laughs> no, that sounds like a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cindergard threw like four, right? Two. Yeah. Two. 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 <laughs> yes. Literally two innings. Yeah. Yep. And he, I think he made one or two relief appearances in the minors or, or like not really, but you know, those like he's the starter. He throws two innings right. and he's out. Right. That was his entire workload since the surgery. I was shocked they gave up a draft pick and gave him the right. That just typically those guys coming off surgery, you do the two year deal, one in an option, something like that. Right. This was just if you're, no. if you're the Angels, it's twenty one million dollars for one make or break year. Right. Where I like Cindergard. How much could you reasonably expect him to pitch at this point? Yeah. yeah. Keith, do you think the the Mariners are the class of of uh, the AL West? That that just seems wild. I, I I see people saying it, and I have a hard time believing it, even though it may be true. I think they may be the most fun team to watch this year, but I would still take the. I think I did still take the Astros yeah. to win the division. Yeah. I think there's just. I, I like this Mariners team. I really like what they've done. You know, it's really interesting. Jerry Depoto's tenure in in Anaheim was kind of a disaster. 
Um, and I think he would oh, say yeah. a lot of it was ownership too. But I just went back through their drafts the other day and they missed a lot. Well, they weren't all bad picks at the time, but they did. They missed a lot. And he also never really addressed the pitching issue in the time mm-hmm. that he was there. But he's been a different guy in Seattle and they've drafted better. He's retained prospects, first of all, rather than trading one every 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> they've done better in the draft. They've done better in international. They've actually had some wins on the trading side too, like Brash picking a guy like that up um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a relatively minor deal after he was a, I think he's a fourth rounder who'd barely pitched in pro ball at that point. So I like what they've built. I don't know that that really adds up to much more than a 500 team, especially they were so lucky last year, yeah. which is fine. You know, not a criticism. It just is. Yep. So I, I have a hard time seeing them catching up to the Astros. And it does mean there's an opportunity mm-hmm. for the angels. If, if the angels have some pitching surprises or able to add somewhere during the season, I don't think it's out of the question. The angels could get to the playoffs. I don't, I didn't predict that, but there's some opportunity there. You know, looking forward, though, would I want to be in that division facing the Mariners, say, next year, right. the year after that? They could be a juggernaut. Yeah. Once all these yeah. guys, the bulk of these guys are up, Kalanick will have a full year, Julio will have a full year, Kirby will be in the rotation. That club is going to be the envy of the division, I think, probably as soon as next year. Very interesting. Yes. Astros do still look good. They, they look good in that opening series against the Angels. And Pena looks good. Yes. Too. He's fun. That's really, really fun. Yeah. He um so the story on him when he came out of college was he can really defend. He can't hit. Poor kid can't hit. And all he did in the minors, I know he's been hurt, so he hasn't played a lot, but he's hit and I, I saw somebody sent me his Instagram photo of himself, you know, shirtless selfie because mm-hmm. you're allowed to. He's not a dating jacked. app. You can do it on Instagram, <laughs> maybe not on Tinder, but mm-hmm. he is jacked, yes. And I was like, that's not the guy I think thought right. he was and thank god i had him like well ranked already mm-hmm. like, oh god if that's what he looks like now i might be light on him he kind of reminds me of like young a-rod a little bit at the dish like maybe not maybe the power is not the same but right. the, the set the look and the swing and stuff yeah mm-hmm. honestly i thought it took some real balls for them to say you know to we're gonna plug him in right they didn't they didn't keep Correa. I, I, for one, do not believe they just turned, you know, people are like, they turned down what the Twins got him for. I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but to just plug Pena in to replace a seven-win player like that on a team that is expected to win the division, I, I, I hope he's great. I hope he has an unbelievable season. That's a lot of risk. I think of myself as pretty risk tolerant when I talk about mm-hmm. some of these decisions. That would have made me swallow pretty hard before saying, we're just going to put you, you had 100 at-bats in the minors last year. Yeah, that's you're fun. good. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Your job to lose. I wonder about their pitching. That's the one thing. And I picked them to win the division. So I, st- I still think it's a good team. I wonder. They, I think their pitching depth is finally starting to get tested. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for between defections and the, the farm system is finally drying out after, you know, frankly, after once they stop picking in the top five every year, right. the drafts weren't as productive. It's well, funny how that works. I've been saying that for like Coward. the last three years though, Keith, like they do seem to, like, <laughs> I don't know if it's SIG or like who's behind this, but they seem to find these guys like off the, the, the fucking trash heap or like mm-hmm. out of, uh, you know, international markets and stuff. They seem to find these guys who nobody else is in on or who are other people undervalue. You know, they are finding, those guys who, uh, you know, end up carrying them deep into the playoffs. It's wild to watch. 
I actually am waiting for this to happen. You know, Sig and Elias there in Baltimore, like the biggest deficiency, right? We should talk about the Orioles for a second. Joe Sheehan was, uh, I think they had, so that in Tuesday night, the Orioles loaded the bases. It was a walk, a hit and a walk, I think. And then the next three guys to come up, it was just non-competitive at-bats for the rest of the inning. And it was three guys who are probably not making any of the other 29 major league rosters right. at this point. And Chien just said, this is embarrassing, even for the Orioles. Get some major league players. I was like, ouch. <gasps> Brutal. But he's not wrong. And on top of that, they're, they, they still, they're not close with the pitching. And that's the thing I keep coming back to with them, with why I don't maybe think their farm system is, you know, near the top of the rankings and why I'm not that bullish on them for the near term. They have a great accumulation of position player talent. Who the hell is going to pitch for this team? Even next year. I'm I'm looking at the box score of their most recent game where they dropped mm-hmm. a close one to the Brewers. I recognize exactly zero of these pitcher names. Keegan Aiken, Sionel Perez, like mm-hmm. Joey. Sionel uh, Perez is former Astro. So that's oh, just, okay. we'll take one of our old guys, right? Yeah, Joey Krabappel. I, I made those guys up. Joey Krabappel is a Simpsons character, I'm pretty sure. Like, Yeah, brief, brief warmth. Yeah. Was brief yeah, warmth yeah. on there? I, I made Which one of you guys up. wrote that? Oh, the, all of those are Riley. All of one hundred percent of those are Riley. That is his gift. You fooled the rat fink, Bill Madden, and that made my year. Uh, uh, that was a good one. That was a tremendous tweet. For folks who don't know, on the Productive Outs Twitter account, Riley put a uh, brilliantly worded fake trade that said the Reds were trading Luis Castillo for four player names. And the the perfect construction <laughs> of the joke was that each player name was slightly more ridiculous than the last. So that by the end, the last one was brief warmth. And I, I was like, all right, that's, that's really good. And I guess Bill just didn't read past the first four words or, or thinks brief warmth is an actual professional baseball. Incredible. Player. Yeah. Now Riley has Riley has many gifts. He's he's handsome and talented, uh, a great <laughs> drummer, fine, fantastic internal meter. But I think the baseball names uh, are really the, the icing on the on the whole package. All, that is all lies. <laughs> <laughs> I, if you're the, just like thinking in terms of, we'll sort of tie this back to where we started. Rutschman is coming back from injury. He's sort of off the table right now. Grayson Rodriguez made his 2022 debut last night. He did what he always did. He overpowered guys with the fastball. He missed a bunch of bats. He threw strikes. I don't think he's far from ready. He probably just is ready. So put yourselves in the shoes of the Orioles front office. On the one hand, you stink this year, and you're going to. They're going to lose 100 games. I don't see any way that they don't at this point. Mm-hmm. In that division, However, yeah, that's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, right? With with yeah. the pitching that they currently – the only pitch, starting pitcher they added the whole offseason was Jordan Lyles. That's not going to push you ahead of – the Blue Jays. But, you know, so yeah, there's nothing doing this year. However, Grayson Rodriguez, probably ready, non-zero chance he's your best starter by the middle of the season. So mm-hmm. at what point do you just say, we're calling him up? We, wait, do you wait? Do you try to play the service time game with him? I, I mean, yes, if I'm in their front office, um, yeah. because I want my, you know, maximum year, years of control. Uh, I'm not going to burn one in a, in a year that's already a foregone conclusion. On the other hand, of course, I hate myself for saying that because long-suffering Orioles fans deserve to see a competitive product on the field. Grayson Rodriguez is not going to get you there, but he is going to be something to get excited mm-hmm. about this year. So, I mean, if you're asking me as a fan, and it, my, my answer as a fan and my answer as a front office employee are very different. <laughs> yeah, My, my answer as an advocate for the game of baseball, which I love, 
is call him up right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's not my. It's not my money. Yeah, turn your big league team into like a developmental level instead of just using it as like a collection of placeholders until these guys are quote unquote ready. The one thing I keep coming back to, and I've seen Grayson multiple times in the minors, and my, I do think he's going to get to the big leagues and have to make some adjustments because he he lives on his fastball, which is a very good fastball, but I've seen him just absolutely carve up minor league hitters with that right. because they can't catch up to it and they don't see it very well. That may continue to work, but it wouldn't surprise me if after a little time in the majors, at least hitters start to get on that. And he's got to work more with the off speed. And he's just going to have to refine it just through usage and experience. That said, if they called, if they made an announcement, Grayson Rodriguez is starting our next home game whenever that might be, you know, five days, six days from now, whatever it is. I bet they get 10,000 extra fans in the stadium. Maybe that's aggressive, but Orioles fans are ready. They know the farm system extremely well because that's what they've been hanging their hats on for a couple, for probably right. four or five years now. When he debuts, when Adley Rutschman debuts, maybe when D.L. Hall debuts, he might be a little bit behind those guys in terms of name recognition, but people are going to show up and they are going to tune in and there will be excitement in that fan base that they have probably not had since the regime changed five years ago. And maybe that's enough of an argument to call one of these guys up. Grayson Rodriguez just being, I picked him because he's the closest because he pitched last night and he is the most ready and healthy of all of their collection of prospects. Um, They have others. I'm actually going to try to go see uh, their high A club later this week. And there's something like five guys who I think are in their top 10 for me are all in that lineup. So that club is pretty stacked. Those guys might be end of this year, next year, but those are three names in that Orioles system where I could see you could bring these guys up this year, maybe space them out a little bit to try to maximize the fan response. But I mean, I would love that for them. I would go down to Baltimore to watch one of those guys debut. And I generally, there hasn't been a lot of reason for me to go down there because they haven't had a lot of prospects coming through. What's the incentive to sell tickets when you can get a $1.2 billion uh, taxpayer funded Camden Yards uh, yeah. renovation project. Perfectly fine stadium <laughs> yep. in right. So Baltimore has no other problems though. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> right. That's true. Right. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. else. Somebody just, I tweeted about that and somebody just said the wire season six. Yeah. I was like, God damn it. Why didn't I think of that? It would be amazing. I, I would actually pay money, good money to get David Simon just what just one more season. It's all just one more oh, season. Man. I don't care if they start excavating for a new parking deck next to Camden Yards and find a couple of dead bodies. So Bunk and McNutty can be better. whatever it is, I would watch the hell out of that. What Fair. what uh what grade do you put on that not screwball changeup of uh of Grayson's? I think I've said it was 55 to 60. I think it's better than the breaking stuff. Mm-hmm. But again, I, you know, I, I'm only hesitating because of how he uses them. He's so fa- He has been for me so fastball heavy. Mm-hmm. When they started the minors last year, it was right first week of May. Mm-hmm. It was delayed. And I think it was actually the first game of the season. And he went up against a not great Wilmington lineup. And it was just, he just carved with the fastball yeah. too. And I think hitters at that point were just so, you know, they, they get so geared up course, yeah. for velocity and he could just pull the string a little bit. So I wonder if I'm, I, I think I'm trying, I may be overcorrecting, right? Yeah. I'm aware of this possibility. I may be overcorrecting. Maybe that pitch turns out to be better. Yeah. 
The one thing that I where I think I've disagreed, say even with the Orioles themselves, is I don't think the breaking stuff has been that good. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't seen them this year, so it could always be better. That would be a big thing I would like to see from him. If they get three, four starts in the minors from him and they have, you know, obviously they have tons of data to show that either the breaking balls, I think probably the slider, uh, just given his arm speed, if that's better, then all the more reason to just call him up at that point. Because yeah. also, I mean, they have protected him so much. They're so scared of him getting hurt, which I understand. They all get hurt. She said another guy for the, this year's draft class get hurt in the last 48 hours. So I get it. But at the same time, well, if, if, he's, if he's going to get hurt, if you believe he's going to get hurt at some point anyway, bring him to the baby. Yeah, don't baby him. Yeah, get your put yeah. some mileage on him, man. I think so. So um, before I let you guys go, so uh, each of you, Ian, I forgot. I actually did not mention your band's new album that came out. We were busy talking about the yeah. uh, the tour, but it was Peacework. Peacework right? came out in December. Uh, is available now. We will have vinyl for our record release tour. Uh, not not a done deal. Not a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. by any stretch. The vinyl pressing uh, uh, reality. My vinyl is downstairs. I'm actually looking in my closet yeah. for my vinyl. The, yeah. the vinyl pressing realities are very grim right now, but we will have records for yeah. this tour, which is very, very exciting. Only uh, four months late. Uh, but yeah, Peacework yeah. came out in December. It's available uh, on all streaming and on our Bandcamp. And like I said, vinyl is now available and we will have them for our uh, two-week run with Rid of Me, which starts, uh, geez, tomorrow night, 414 yeah. in Pittsburgh. Pitchfork liked your album too, and they don't like anything. They hate everything, especially heavy yeah. stuff. So, I mean... Especially thrice. <laughs> oh, do they hate thrice? I, I mean, uh, I just don't. They I just, just ignore can't. us, which is oh, there you go. Which is fine. Yeah, right. Do an album of like Taylor Swift covers, and then they'll be all over. Yes. Yes. <sighs> and so, Riley, you guys had a new album, Horizon Seas, came out in September, right? Yes. And you did yeah. one big tour. I know you've got another tour coming up. So tell tell us just a little bit about the album and where you guys will be. You said it's a limited tour this summer. Yeah. Um, Horizon East came out in September of last year. We did a headline tour um, last fall. And then this year we've got a bunch of one-off shows, festivals and stuff like that. And then in June, we're doing a co-headliner with Bayside, but it's it's pretty East Coast and Midwest centric. We don't play any West Coast states, um, not a bunch in the South. Um, but it's like three weeks. I think it starts uh, June 2nd and goes until the 23rd or 24th. And then we go out to the UK to play a, a show that has been rescheduled twice <laughs> because oh, of COVID. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Actually, you're playing all over the Northeast in the early part of the summer, which is. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Places I didn't even know existed. Probably Keys, rocks, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's Pittsburgh. Oh, it's basically okay. Pittsburgh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, more cool. or less. I used to. I went. I lived there for two years. So, All right. and you're going to Italy, which I'm extremely jealous about. I actually yeah. don't know where Sesto San Giovanni is, but it sounds great. It sounds yeah. It yeah. Sounds super fancy. Yeah, right. It sounds, it sounds awesome. Right. I'm sure the food's good. I'm sure it's oh, gorgeous. Yeah. The, the yes. food. The food that you get at the gas stations along the the freeways yes. in Italy the is better better than anything you get in the states. I cannot wait to get back to Europe. I'm very very jealous, Riley. I hmm. I I do not complain about my job because no one wants to hear it. <laughs> However, I will say. I get a lot of travel in the job, but it does not take me to Europe. That is a one, mm. but I picked the wrong sport for that. Yep. And I, you know, I've been to Taiwan. It's one of these days I will get to Japan, I'm sure. Um, I've gone to some cool places. I've been to Aruba for work. Very few people get to say that. Wow. Um, but yeah, Europe 
Europe has been a miss so far. And we need the next Max Kepler. Yes. Oh, I love I love going to the mm-hmm. I think it's FIB is the the Italian professional baseball league. Love yes, going to those yes. games. Not a ton of prospects. No. <laughs> no. A scout friend of mine has said that if you go there, you probably won't see anything over 85 and no breaking balls. None. No. And it's a lot right. of wow. it's uh it's uh 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 Latin American guys and like washouts mm-hmm. of Italian extraction from you know, college and, and, mm. and like sure. low minors from over here. Cause they'll put you up if you're, you know, if you've got an Italian surname, they'll put you up for two months and you get to eat the food and hang out with the locals. It's great. And you only play like three games a no, week. It's been fantastic. Mm. It yeah. seems like a great life. Do the baseball players flop or is that exclusive to <laughs> Italian soccer players? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Would you have to get on base more to flop? I'm not sure how <laughs> yeah. that, what the math is on that one. I keep holding out hope at some point we will get another, you know, Kepler hasn't turned out to be a star, but he's been a big leader. Yeah. We'll get another one um, some, from somewhere. He was German, yeah. but one of his parents was American, which is how he got the baseball bug in the first place. But I feel like there's enough places over there where they play uh, that we got just one. I'm just asking for one player, a Dutch kid, a Slovakian or Czech oh, yeah. kid. They play, they actually play quite a bit there. Yeah. Just give me one guy and i'll be like I, I need to make a scouting trip i'm sorry i gotta go see this in person it's gonna take a week and a half i think that can we just non, get that non Coruscant dutch kid is probably your best bet yeah. yeah yes that is probably true the blue jays have one sam roberson oh exciting uh, who is a pitcher who is dutch real dutch mm-hmm. actual dutch and um and is a real prospect too and i have high hopes for him we need some swedes yeah that would be awesome were the angels yes. the team that had the six foot eleven yeah, a uh, uh, pitcher who Loke Van Mill, Loke, who yeah. rode a bike everywhere, rode a crazy like yep. seventy centimeter road bike everywhere. Penny Miss that guy. <laughs> I saw him. He he passed away a couple a uh, year or two. Oh ago. Oh my god, so, I had no uh, idea. Yeah, he. I saw him in. Was it Instructs once for the Angels or maybe minor league spring training? And obviously, there's some tall guys in in baseball, but. He, you know, it's a bunch of them coming and there's one guy who's a full head <laughs> taller than everybody else. I'm like, I know who that is. Oh, you can't, you can't sneak that right. one by me. R.I.P. Loke, man. Yes. That's sad. Yeah. yeah, it is sad, right? It is. Uh, it was very sad. I was certainly hoping he'd make it for lots of reasons. Would have been fascinating to see yeah. uh, somebody that size, especially. It would have been a tough look on hitters, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we could get the uh, track man extension <laughs> on, on a delivery like that. Someday. Someday we will get one of those. Well, it has been my pleasure to be joined today by Ian Miller of Kellen Walt City, Riley Breckenridge of Thrice. Check out both of their new records, and uh, both groups will be on tour at some point. Ian's uh, Kellen Walt City starting this week, and Thrice over the summer. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. My great pleasure, Keith. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Keith. This is fun. That's all for this week's show. Thank you so much for joining me. As I said, I'll be back next week. I have also do want to draw your attention to my those of you who play board games. I have returned to doing mostly weekly board game reviews for Paste Magazine. The one I put up this week uh, was one of my favorites of last year, a game called Cascadia, which is from Flatout Games, also from Alderac. Uh, it is absolutely tremendous. We actually played it. I have played it solo. I have played it with other adults. I also played it with my nine-year-old stepdaughter, who completely got the game, even though we weren't using the simplest rule set. And my five-year-old, who sort of understood it, played on the team with her mom, but really 
enjoyed playing along and at least was felt like she was able to contribute it is so rare that i find a game like that that sort of checks so many different boxes and that could be played with younger players but is also really great to play just with adults you can find that over on paste magazine or if you just follow me on twitter at keith law you will see a link to that review as well thank you so much for listening stay safe As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.